to the Witchy Weed Podcast, your home for all things spooky and witchy. I'm your host, Marina, and with me, joining me, is Explicit. Say hi, Explicit. Hello, everyone. Many of you may know me from Facebook Live. I used to do uh, podcasts over Real Talks and stuff, but ever since, you know, this lovely lady invited me to do this Witchy Weed Podcast, I got very interested. Two of my favorite things. Sailing type stuff, and we you can't go wrong with weed. So yeah, every week we're going to dive into a spooky discussion revolving around all things creepy and supernatural, all while getting blazed on air. That sounds like fun. Don't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> so, again, I'm Marina, and I'm a self-proclaimed weirdo. <laughs> it's true. It sounds about right. I'm a white witch, and I'm a proud toker. I've always been intrigued by the dark and macabre, by all things that go bump in the night. I'm a real-life meme. I'm the kind of girl that watches serial killer documentaries and horror movies to relax. That's because it's interesting, though. It is. I know. But you see so many documentaries around it. It's just... It catches attention. I know it's hor- horrifying, but it just catches someone's attention. Like It's fascinating. Yeah, it's like, like an accident. You can't help but look. Right. Like, what drives someone to do what they do? Right. That's what I'm saying. But uh, I'm tattooed, I'm pierced, I got blue hair. I'd say I'm a proud weirdo. (laughs) And I decided to start this podcast to connect with like-minded people and go into dark and sometimes twisted discussions while getting lit. So um, in future episodes, we're going to explore everything from urban legends, serial killers, uh, true crime, haunted places, horror movies, and of course witchcraft. So before we get started on today's discussion, which is Samhain and the origins of Halloween, we're going to get lit. Are we ready to get lit? Absolutely. All of my listeners, if you guys want to go ahead and join us, you can spark one up as well. We're lighting a fat one up. Absolutely. A fatty. (laughs) My favorite. Jesus Christ, I'm going to die. You ain't gonna die. I I don't have Snoop Dogg shit here. Yeah. It does taste good. Hey, yeah, at least it does. Yeah, it, it'll do the trick, I think. We have so much content on so many good things to talk about. And yes, many of them are gonna come very soon as long as you guys listen, of course. And if you guys want more, you can always, you know, you can always... Let us suggestions of what you want to hear, what you want to, you know, you want to have, have us talk about while we're blazed. Your turn, Explicit. Okay. So, as I was saying, today we're going to be discussing Samhain and the origins of Halloween. I'm not sure if any of you know, but Halloween has its roots in the ancient Celtic festival Samhain which is a pagan religious celebration to welcome the harvest at the end of the summer when people would light bonfires and wear costumes to ward off ghosts. Samhain is usually celebrated October 31st to November 1st, and it's used to usher in the dark half of the year. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Because celebrants believe that the barriers between the physical world and the spirit world breaks down during Samhain, allowing interaction between humans and denizens of the other world. Damn. You might be surprised to find out, Explicit, that a lot of (laughs) Halloween traditions that we follow today started in Celtic ages during Samhain. 
Right. Um, we've got, uh, I know that with the uh, ancient Celts marked Samhain as the most significant of the four quarterly fire festivals. And uh, during this time of year, hearth fires in the family homes were left to burn out while the harvest was gathered. Mm. Um, monsters. You curious to find out what monsters the Celts actually sell or not celebrated, but what they believed in during Samhain? Yeah, I actually am. Okay, so some specific monsters that were associated with the mythology around Samhain included a shape-shifting creature called the Puka that receives harvest gatherings from the field. Huh. Um, and let's see. Basically, what they believed, uh, the tradition of jack-o'-lanterns actually started with them. It originated in Ireland, actually, using turnips instead of pumpkins. Really? Yeah. You imagine a jack-o'-lantern made out of a turnip? That's... <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't seem right. Does it doesn't it? seem right. I'm so used to seeing pumpkins all around the place. Well, I guess they preferred turnips back in the day. It was allegedly based on a legend about a man named Stingy Jack, who Stingy repeated, Jack. trapped, who repeatedly trapped the devil, and only let him go on the condition that Jack would never go to hell. But when Jack hmm. died, he learned that heaven did not want his soul either. He was a bad guy. So mm-hmm. he was forced to wander the earth as a ghost for eternity. The devil gave Jack a burning lump of coal in a carved-out turnip to light his way, kind of like a little lantern. You know? Right. Locals eventually began carving scary faces into their own turnips to frighten away the evil spirits. But eventually, that tradition changed into pumpkins that are carved out and lit up with scary faces and called jack-o'-lanterns after Stingy Jack. That's interesting. I never knew that jack-o'-lanterns have such a history to it. I thought it was just some, you know, some weirdo wanted to go ahead and just carve up a pumpkin and make it look scary. And then everybody said, and hey, then let's keep said, up with the Joneses yeah, and start carving our own, right? Right? Well, no, it actually started in ancient <coughs> Ireland. Oh, it's the shit, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, seeing ghosts during Halloween or Samhain. Right. The festival of Samhain marked the transition to the new year at the end of the harvest and the beginning of the winter. Celtic people believe that during the festival, spirits walked the earth. Hmm. Later on, Christian ministry... Um, I can't even say it right. <laughs> See, the weeds are I'm still using the weed! Oh, Lord, this is just the beginning. But later on, Christian missionaries said it right there right (laughs) introduced all souls day on november 2nd which perpetuated the idea of the living coming into contact with the dead around the same time of year that's where the ghosts come in because as i said before during the time of Samhain, the veil starts to thin the veil between our world and their world right that's where you start to have more interactions with ghosts right i guess that's why people are so like how i say this they're very open-minded when it comes to halloween because you know it's based on horror stuff right but so much things can happen like i like you just said the veil opens up around around that time it sure does and that's when when shit really starts to hit the fan you know there's a ton of things around there's so many places that are very haunted and and those hot spots they like they they call it hot spots but those hot spots that's where shit really get interesting 
Because people sometimes be very, very, very stupid, and they bring Ouija boards sometimes, you know, to yeah. th these wa these haunted houses. And they try to speak to something, but they never really exactly speak to something nice, you know? They have no idea who they're they, speaking they, yeah, to. Yeah, they have no idea who they're speaking to. That's the thing about Ouija boards. They, you have no idea who they're speaking to. They, they just want to talk to something in order to get something out of it. You know, they just want, they want answers. clear. They want answers. They want clear evidence that something is there. They just don't know what. But sometimes it's not always the right thing. It could be something evil, something very sinister. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. It could be the devil itself for all, for all we know. We don't we don't really know that. We we're have just... no idea what we're communicating exactly. with. Which, mind you, we just will be in upcoming episodes. Oh, absolutely. This will be very interesting. <laughs> it will have its own discussion. But definitely, I mean, it's it's something that you're opening a door and you don't know who you're opening it to. Right. So... Witchy Weed Podcast does not recommend using a Ouija. Absolutely not. <laughs> I won't do it, so I will definitely won't tell you to do it. Oh my god. But as far as um, Halloween and Samhain go, the wearing of costumes also started um, with the traditions of Samhain. Right. It was in order to avoid being terrorized by all the evil spirits that were walking the earth, or were thought to be walking the earth during Samhain, the Celts donned disguises... So they would not be mistaken for spirits themselves and would therefore be left alone. Mm. And that's where some of the costumes that you see today, you see a lot of scary costumes. Of course, right. you see the novelty ones. And I'm sure this this time we're going to be seeing like Squid Game, Dahmer, God knows what else we're going to be seeing. Dahmer, man, that's going to that's gonna be tough. You know what? As far as the Dahmer costume is concerned, at first I didn't really see any harm to it. I thought, hey, it's it's... It's, it's just a costume of what's trending right now. Exactly. But when you think about it, it can actually be very disrespectful Towards to the, people, the families the that lost uh, you know, family members during uh, all his killing spree. Exactly. So it, it is kind of distasteful. Really, yeah, it's really, <laughs> it's really morbid in that sense, to be honest. To be but hey, that. to each their own. I mean, <clears throat> what will you be dressing up this Halloween oh, as? God. So I usually go all out on Halloweens. This recently, this this Halloween specifically, I have no time to do anything. But originally, I was thinking of having what's it called? Articulated fingers. So articulated fingers is kind of like an extension that uh, allows your fingers to be longer, and it can do all the creepy shit that fingers can do. You know, they just act. They actually bend over stuff. But um, I was thinking of being some sort of. You know the Four Horsemen? You ever heard of the Four Horsemen? Of course. Right. Well, there's famine. Famine's considered to be really creepy. Right? So I was going to have a suit. I was going to have some sort of makeup with a top hat. And of course, I was going to have my articulated fingers with my staff. Oh, okay. Or my cane. Very dark. Staff. <laughs> Can you guess what I'm going to be on Halloween? A witch. Of course, because I am a witch. <laughs> and this is the one night a year that I am allowed to actually dress up full on like a witch and not be like... Out of the pocket. Out of the pocket, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to be one of the many wearing a costume, but to me, that's just who I am. That's personality-wise. You know? <laughs> a lot I'm of people dress up... It. Yeah, a lot of people dress up mostly to what their personality stays for, so... I... Usually, I would dress up like a serial killer, but that's considered very disrespectful type of stuff. And it doesn't go just for Dom, it goes for everything else. Yeah, you don't want to see a Charles Manson walking around nowhere. Hell no. <laughs> Nor fucking... What's his, what's his name again? Richard Ramirez? Yeah, Richard the Ramirez. The Night Stalker? Yeah. Oh, man. Mr. Stinky? 
Mr. Stinky. He was known. He, to he have was known very, to have a very strong, sense. very strong, and not a good one. Not, not a good known. one either. Yeah. He had no axe body spray. No, he did not. <laughs> he 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 might axe you <laughs> with an axe, but that's as far as axe oh body God. spray goes on it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I've never been the type to wear sexy costumes. Right. You just, see a lot of people just like. Going, okay, so they'll I just, just basically be wearing like lingerie and put right. like some bunny ears or something, and yeah. that's it. I have a costume. <laughs> right. Like I, used to, I personally used to work at Spirit, so I know kind of, I kind of know what it feels like. I always had customers on me like, "Hey, where do you have the lingeries? Do you have more in the back?" I'm like, "Fuck, man, is that you guys? Is that all you guys are looking for? You guys are nothing, nothing coarse bride. You know, you have some fucking taste, man." Yeah, they just want you lingerie. Know? No, <laughs> I have, I have this one chick just come up to me and she was asking me if we had. Any of the what was it called like one of huh no thank you we had (laughs) we had someone come up to me and she was asking me for where are the nun like the nun costumes and i was thinking okay i'm thinking the scary nuns i'm like finally someone with fucking taste scares the shit out of me and i showed them the nun costume they're like i'm not talking about that one i'm like Okay, which okay, nun? Just what, a regular nun? Which nun? Regular nun? She's like, no, I want to find one of those nuns that have those lingeries within stockings. I'm like, oh my fucking God, of course. So you want to be a slutty nun. Okay. <laughs> slutty nun. I never thought I'd see the day that I would see a slutty nun, but hey, I guess... Right? <laughs> you can make a slutty costume out of anything. <laughs> that shit, that shit traumatized me. Just having to see someone dress up like a slutty nun. Because I, when I see, when I hear nuns... I think these sweet ladies, they're like very... Guitar very, playing and, you know, very yeah. charitable. Right. They're very, very, very kind, very sweet. Not this person who is just walking around with their ass out 24 fucking <laughs> 7, basically. You know, like, they, they, they're they literally trying to... Sh- I don't... I can't... You can't tell whether they want to be naked or they just want to half-ass it. Just to not go to jail for fucking public nudity. But really, that's what it is. They're basically walking around the streets naked and there's so many kids around, you know... And stuff. Unless you're in a party, if you're in a, like in some sort an of adult, adult party, party. Well, yeah, that's all you're gonna see. I, I'm I'm a lover. Like I said, I'm a lover of the dark. Right. So I like to see people have costumes <laughs> that wow, it, it's good shit. Uh. <laughs> I like to see people in costumes that I gotta congratulate them on the work they put into that costume. Right. Be right. it disturbing, be it even just wholesome and fun. I mean. Um, my sister and my little sister and her husband are always dressing up. I mean, they've been Beetlejuice and Lydia, Lydia Dietz, and they've been uh, Buzz Lightyear and um, what is that little? The, oh my god! <laughs> That's how much I don't watch Disney, y'all. Um, <coughs> the um, or Pixar, um, the female cowboy girl. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I forgot her name, but it's not because it's I don't weed. know it. It's, it's the weed. <laughs> it's the weed, man. Well, we get the picture on that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the female cowboy that has the red hat and stuff like that. Yes. With the horse. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I forgot her name, but y'all know who I'm talking about. You can put it in the comments. Um, <clears throat> oh, going back to our discussion, well, what the weed does to you. Um, <laughs> trick-or-treating started in Salwin. As well? As well. Um, it's There's generally three theories as to where trick-or-treating actually started. <clears throat> First theory suggests that during Samhain, Celtic people would leave food out to appease the spirits that were traveling the earth at night. And over time, people began to dress as these unearthly beings in exchange for similar offing, offerings. What's wrong with my speech? <laughs> of food and drink. 
The second theory speculates that the candy boon stems from Scottish practice of something called guising, which is a secular version of souling. During the Middle Ages, generally children and poor adults would collect food and money from local homes in return for prayers for the dead on All Souls Day. Geysers dropped the prayers in favor of non-religious practices with the inclusion of songs, jokes, and other tricks. Interesting. So that's where the trick or treat came in play. Exactly. The third theory <clears throat> speculates that modern American trick-or-treating stems from Belsnickling, which is a German-American Christmas tradition where children would dress in costume and then call on their neighbors to see if the adults could guess the identities of the people that are disguised. Mm. In one version of the practice, the children were rewarded with food or other treats if no one could identify them. So, regardless of which of the three theories is correct as to the original... um, origination so to speak of, yeah. of trick-or-treating um but they all come from these type of pagan beliefs right <clears throat> and um another one i'll have you know is black cats did you know that i keep hearing you know as a child i always believed the black cats kind of gave bad luck i was always told that you know well you're not the only one the idea of being spooked by black cats dates back to the Middle Ages. That makes sense. When these dark felines were considered a symbol of the devil. Right. I'm a... It didn't help that centuries later, <clears throat> accused witches were often found to have cats, particularly black ones. Mm. People began to believe that the cats were witches familiar, which is where that term came to originate from. Right. Um, and black cats and spookiness have been linked ever since. That makes sense, though. Now, ain't it funny that <clears throat> black cats are usually associated to being a witch's familiar? But here I am with dogs. <laughs> I mean, you're a witch. You know what familiars are, right? Of course. So, from my knowledge of familiars, it doesn't have to be just a cat. It could be practically anything. Of course. As long as it's attached but to you. The, 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 <clears throat> you think of a familiar, you think of a witch, you think of a cat. Mm-hmm. A black cat, especially. Right. You don't think of... A Chawini and a Morky running around, <laughs> shitting everywhere. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yes, guys. I have a <clears throat> Chawini and a Morky, and they literally leave their pickles everywhere. It's, it's a, disgusting. It's like a minefield, man. <laughs> I pick them up. Don't make me sound like <laughs> I don't pick them up. But, but it's just like I pick them up, and a little while later, there's more. Surprise. <laughs> but, yeah. Going back to our subject, the sweet is good. Oh, my um, God. <clears throat> the colors black and orange that are familiar with Halloween. Be like Halloween themed, basically. Started with Samhain. Interesting. The traditional Halloween colors of black and orange trace back to the Celtic festival of Samhain. For the Celts, black represented the death of summer, while the orange symbolized the autumn harvest season. That makes sense. <clears throat> and you see... That really does make sense. It's like incredible how much of modern day things are associated to paganism and witchcraft. I mean, hate to burst people's bubbles, but Christmas started through one of their origins as well. Future episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And pranking, the whole trick or treat part of it started there too. 
Um, it may often vary by the region, but the pre-Halloween tradition known as Devil's Night is credited to a different origin, depending on the source. <clears throat> Some say that pranks started as part of May Day celebrations, but Samhain and eventually All Souls Day also included good-natured mischief. When Irish and Scottish immigrants came to America, they brought with them the tradition of celebrating Mischief Night as part of Halloween. And thus, the tricks were born. Right. And now, about mentioning about Halloween, it just reminded me of this really interesting detail. So, you ever heard of Mary Lewitt? Uh, no, but I have a feeling you're about to tell me about her. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Mary Lewitt was, if I'm correct, it was around South Wales. It was, really, it was a folk custom around South Wales. And the tradition entails usually in this skull of a horse with a white cloth around it. And it will be mounted on the pole and carried an individual hidden in under a sackcloth, right? So what that means is that they would go the door by door singing, mm. but they would wear that. And you know what's the funny part? Usually people, when they hear a skull of a horse and a cloth, they think some sort of creature that could be Halloween. It was actually Christmas. Ah, uh, see? Yeah. There it goes again. It's Christmas. Okay. It's, it's weird to think about that. Like Christmas can have such, you know, an effect on the times before and what they would do with a skull of a horse and a cloth. Well, <laughs> again, it's all the different pagan celebrations that um, don't get enough credit nowadays because for whatever reason, uh, modern society has decided to label pagan as all bad right you know they you think of witches you think of anything you know like that anything pagan and automatically it's like oh they worship the devil right so what, <laughs> one thing i got from from paganism and wiccan mm-hmm. right is i'm saying that right wicca yes so wicca is all about free choice right you get to do whatever basically whatever damn well please you in a sense, as long as it's followed by a custom of sort. When paganism just follows a strict rule through the custom. Well, the difference is, and this is the easiest way to break it down, mm. um, Wicca is the religion that a lot of witches follow. Right. You don't have to be Wiccan to be a witch. Gotcha. And witches is just the person that practices all these different rituals. Right. Paganism is sort of like an umbrella kind of uh, way of thinking where it includes everybody that has these different new age type of religions Mm. or lifestyles to be all inclusive. But but like I said, you don't have to be Wiccan to be a witch. Right. And you don't have... Really, you don't even have to be a witch to be Wiccan. So it's just... Wicca is the religion. As far as myself, yes, I am a Wiccan witch. And I I do strongly believe that everything you do comes back to you threefold. Right. As, you know, That's the creed like says. That's the one rule mm-hmm. when it comes to cursing and blessing, huh? Exactly. You have to always think of whatever you put out, whether it's going to be a healing, whether it's going to be protection, if it's a hex or a curse... It'll come back to you threefold. And that's always wow. something to keep in the back of your mind. Um, Is that how many people, every time you hear, think about the movie Conjuring, right? Like, mm-hmm. say, let's see the first movie Conjuring. Remember how they said that the land was cursed? Yes. But they all die. 
Every time they curse something that big, depending on how big it is, they die. Some way, shape, or form. Well, you always have to remember what energies you're working with. Right. And, I mean, it's... it's I don't knock anybody that, you know, whatever your belief is, is your belief. Right. I won't try to convert you. I won't tell you that yours is wrong. Right. Um, it's, it's a personal choice that you make. And only you can make it. Hmm. So I don't condone anybody for whatever they believe in. I may not agree. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm definitely more of a, you know, let, it, let everybody be. Yeah. Let them live their lives, and everybody has to answer to a higher power, at, or it, regardless of what higher power you believe is. Right. You know? But, definitely. Okay, we're getting lost again. Damn, that's yeah, some we good are. Week. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, so, the next item that actually started with Samhain uh, traditions that are now associated with Halloween are bats. Bats were likely present at the earliest proto-Halloween celebrations, not just symbolically, but literally. Those suckers were flying there, for real. As part of Samhain, Celts lit large bonfires, which attracted insects, which in turn attracted bats. Right. So soon, spotting bats became connected with the festival. Medieval folklore. Oh my God! See, see, this is this is the entertaining part about doing this while you're smoking. You can't, <laughs> you form, can't really a form a coherent sentence. But okay, trying again. Take two. <laughs> <laughs> As part of Samhain, Celtics lit large bonfires, which attracted insects, which in turn attracted bats. So soon, spotting bats became connected with the festival. Medieval folk. That's the same word that got me last time. Folklore. There we go. Expanded upon the eeriness of bats with a number of superstitions built around the belief that bats were harbingers of death. Can you imagine these Celts just like laying around doing their bonfires, seeing the bats coming and being like, oh my God. I guess something normal. I I mean, (laughs) I kind of figured the bats would be in the picture when it comes to um, Halloween, right? Of course. But... I never thought there would be something really big when it comes to it. I thought they'd just come out of nowhere. They're bats for fuck's sake. They're just animals. <laughs> <laughs> well, but they would just come like online. the black cat, bats are also very... Known to be familiar, isn't it? Um, not known not to be really? familiar necessarily. I don't know about bats. I'm not really sure about that. That To me, bats means vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's that's what I come What's to you think about. Think, yeah, that's what you would think of first whenever you hear bats. Exactly. So, you know... That's, I think, where nowadays you see a bat and you're like, oh, you know, Halloween, vampires, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But back in the day, they were actually expected to be at the festivals. Mm. So it was actually a big thing. Now, you're not going to believe this one. Candy corn. Not many people like it. Let's be honest. I myself actually do. I'm one of the weird ones. I I said, I told you from the get-go, I'm a weirdo. (laughs) I don't like candy corn. But... A candy maker at the Wonderl Candy Company in Philadelphia is sometimes credited with inventing the tricolored candy in the 1880s. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's that long ago. That's some old-ass candy. That is old-ass candy. <laughs> and they still make it, at least. They, um, and they still make it, and it is very largely associated with Halloween. With Halloween. But it also started with Samhain. 
Candy corn did not become a widespread sensation until the Golitz Company bought the candy to the masses in 1898. Hmm. Candy corn was originally going to be called chicken feed. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and wait till you hear this. It's sold in boxes with the slogan, something worth crowing for. <sighs> yeah. You know, they, they tried. They tried. <laughs> they tried. They tried. They tried. You know, for that. Chicken feed, something worth crowing for. Okay, I can see it. I can see that. It would make sense considering though, the tricolor and the shape of it as so, well. So, yeah, you know, you know I mean, feed. I could see it. Chicken feed, something <laughs> worth crowing for. Okay, got to give it to the Golitz company. Very Initially, it was just an autumnal, ca- autumnal candy because of corn's association with harvest time. Mm. Candy corn later became Halloween specific when trick or treating grew in popularity in the U.S. during the 1950s. But where did it get its origin? Again, you're looking at the times that it was all because of a of a harvest of, of the celebration of the harvest, a pagan belief. Mm. The fact of eating candy. Did you know that also started that way? The fact of eating candy. Yeah, you know how you go around everywhere and you're trick or treating and you get your candies in the bag or in the bucket right, or in right, the right. pail, whatever you're <clears throat> collecting in your shoe. I don't know what they're collecting. <laughs> Socks maybe. Um, but the act of going door to door and asking for candy has been a part of Halloween reveries for a long time. It was until the mid 20th century, the treats children received were not necessarily candy. Things like fruit, nuts, coins, and toys were just as likely to be given out. Trick or treating rose in popularity in the fifties again. And it inspired candy companies to market small, individually wrapped candies. Good thing they did. We wouldn't have fun size. True. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already thinking of what to munch on. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Okay. So, but people began to favor the confections out of convenience. But candy did not dominate at the exclusion of all the other treats until the 70s, when, parties, uh, when parents started fearing anything unwrapped. Yeah, and then they started saying, we got to check the candy because they're giving out edibles. I'm sorry. As a toker, I'm going to tell all y'all the truth. I would want edible truth. candy, man. <laughs> I ain't giving out my candy to your kids. <laughs> I'm sorry. If they're edible candies, Do man. you know how expensive those edibles are? I ain't giving them out. <laughs> so Damn, that's someone... one worry off your mind. <laughs> Damn, but that's something interesting. Someone giving out edibles for Halloween. To adults, to maybe. Adults, maybe I, you yeah. know what? I, I would do that if, like, if I'm having a party, a get together at my place, and I've got my friends that I know that the majority of them are smokers. Right. Where I can just go around and be like, trick or treat, and give them an edible. Trick or treat, like, oh, <laughs> give them an edible. you get a treat. You get a treat. <laughs> <laughs> well, they definitely get a treat, all right. Oh yeah, definitely are. They're gonna lose their shits. Is what's gonna happen. <laughs> and. For the last item that you're not going to believe that started in pagan celebrations. Candy apples. I love them shits. Right? (laughs) Every time I go to the fair, I gotta have one. Um, The candy apple. Yeah. For centuries, people have been coating fruit in a syrup as a means of preservation. But during the Roman festival of Pomona the goddess was often represented by and associated with apples. Her name actually derives from the Latin word for apple, pomum. Mm. 
and the fruit is at the heart of harvest celebrations. You can't have a harvest celebration without apples in some kind of form, in some kind of way. Use, you know, it, it's, it's, it, goes, it goes with the entire season. Be it Halloween, be it Thanksgiving, apples are usually around. Right. So it is believed that candy apples were actually invented accidentally in 1908 by William Kolb. He was a candy maker in Newark, New Jersey. And as the story goes, Kolb was experimenting with red cinnamon candy to sell at Christmas time, and he dipped apples on sticks into the red glaze and put them in a shop window to showcase his new candy. But instead of selling the candies, he ended up selling the apples to customers who thought they looked good enough to eat. Because they do. <laughs> Shit. And then they became customary treats for Halloween starting in the early 1900s and remained popular up until about the 70s. But you'll still see them, especially in fairs and festivals around the harvest time. Right. It is very associated. But it all started with a pagan beginning. So out of all these things, it's incredible to think that Halloween has now turned into something so completely different from the ways that it started. Right. Before it had like a purpose, it was more of the uh, celebration of the harvest, celebrating the darker half of the year. Right. All these, you know, things for the gods and goddesses. And now it's it's a very commercialized, you know... Candy makers, you know they make a killing during the oh, season. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> they must be really having fun right now. Now, on a little fun note to end this uh, podcast, on a fun note, since we just educated the fuck out of y'all. <laughs> um, what is your favorite scary movie? Since that is something really that is tough. heavily watched during the scary, se- you know, the spooky season. That is very hard. I have so many like very movies. And it's because it's not because there's too many, it's just because there's different well, movies. They're like some killer movies. Name a few. Like you see uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Oh that's that's my baby. That's that's right, that's the <laughs> shit right there. But then you hear Friday thirteenth and they go with Halloween with Michael Myers and then like yo, there's so many to there, there's so many good classics to choose from that I just can't say which was my favorite, which ones I'm not. But from which ones I like the most watching. Mm-hmm. For much ones I like the most watching will probably have to be Nightmare on Elm Street. That's my baby. <laughs> Freddy is my boo. You have no idea. Oh, no, no, no. I am I am oh, a huge God. Freddy fan. I love the entire franchise except number two, part two. Yeah, um, that kind of flopped. Flopping the word on that one. I don't know what they were thinking, and I'm glad that they basically skipped over it and yeah. chose to never refer to it. That's the ugly baby. Man. They don't refer to it. But correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm probably going to get this wrong. I'm high. Right? Of course. But in the first Nightmare on Elm Street, that's the one that you see the, the bed that has a hole and then... Johnny Depp's blood comes pouring out of it. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so something I did find out about that scene, check this out. So the way they even did that is so hard to even mm-hmm. min- like mimic. Because they had to make sure everything stays in place. Yep. Then nothing ever moved. So... And that scene, when you see Johnny Depp, you know, going down the hole, mm-hmm. they actually had to turn the room upside down. Yep. And they had to dump out, a, you know, a shit ton of this blood, or whatever it's supposed to be And blood. it actually came out in a different way than the way they had planned it. Exactly. 
But they ended up keeping it in because they liked the and they liked the way it looked. So right, that's why you get to see that the blood actually stays on the roof as it keeps gushing out. Yes, and you never really think about why is it none of that falling down. That's because it of that was reason. Actually, it was actually it was upside down. Yeah, it's fucking gravity. It was upside down. They have no other way of make blood gush out. Blood gush out instead of like that. Especially you know, look at the time it was released. If I'm correct, it was like eighty four, eighty five. Correct me if I'm wrong. Somewhere, Somewhere around there. there. But. For the time that it came out, you're you're talking about the special effects weren't what they are today. But they were and, very creative with and it. And they got creative. They were very oh, creative yeah, with they it. Definitely Man, turning did. the boom upside down is crazy. Here's the here's the really fun the really not so fun part. They actually damaged so much of the equipment by doing that. Did you know that? Yeah. I if correct I don't know if I'm right on this, but this is something I kinda heard of documentary or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I can't tell if I remember correctly, but I think they wasted over twenty thousand dollars. On just that one on, boom? On just that one boom, because it damaged so much equipment. And and let me tell you, that movie, you know, uh, Wes Craven, the director, was on a very, very tight budget for that movie. It was a very low budget movie. It was. But it ended up being the start of a cult. Oh, yeah. A cult classic. I mean... You see so many, like... Freddy Krueger costumes. Oh my gosh! Even I can't still, tell even you. till today, I, yeah. I, you walked out on on Halloween and you you still have that chance of seeing a Freddy here, a Jason there. I mean, a Michael Myers too. There's certain films that have now become just etched in our memories and and, and in our pop culture. Right. And same thing with Ghostface, but that's just the thing. You you see how you still see these costumes considering that they're from like you know um, like a really old film. Well. Ghostface ain't that old. It, it wasn't that I mean, old, but... Okay, well, it is kind of old. Uh, I, I just don't want to feel old. Because <laughs> I went to see it in the movie theaters. No, no, it's not something bad as, like, it's... First. You know? <laughs> it's just... a lot. Of, let's be honest, a lot of kids nowadays or, you know, people at my age, teenagers or whatnot, right? They'd be just looking around. They don't really think about the classics too much. Oh, no. Mostly they would start thinking about you, what's going nowadays, on right now. Nowadays, you're going to ask... Um, Especially like the younger generation, you know, what's your favorite movie? And chances are you're going to hear Saw, you're going to hear uh, The Conjuring, right? you know, Annabelle. Because those, those, those are amazing movies. Which they movies. are good. They're, they're, don't get me wrong, Mama, I, I, I've heard some right. things about that one. I mean, there, I know that there's a lot of good new movies now, but my recommendation to the younger generation would be think out of the box and look at some 80s and 90s horror movies because they actually had some really good ones. And I, I, not to even discredit even the older ones, all the black and white. Right. You got, you know, Rosemary's Baby. You got Psycho. You got the birds. Uh, I mean, Psycho, man. Psycho. Come Jesus. on. Who doesn't, know, at least recognize something from Psycho? From Psycho, yeah. It's, it's a classic. I believe one of the serial killers we'll be talking in the show derived from, not derived, but like got the inspiration from Psycho. Hmm. I wonder who that could be. I don't know. Y'all have any guesses? <laughs> Richard uh, Ramirez. Richard Ramirez, that's right. We Stalker. will be covering the Night Stalker in a future episode. Yep. I'm telling but you he guys. He was inspired by the cycle. We'll give you more information about that, so yes. just keep in touch. But I'm telling you guys, we've got we've got so much material to, to discuss with you guys. Oh, absolutely. So much, and we're definitely taking suggestions as well. Um, any any ideas that you guys want covered, uh, anything, just let us know. We've got several ways to get in contact with us. You could find us, uh, you could send us an email. Our email is witchyweedpodcast at gmail.com. Our Facebook, witchyweedpodcast. Our Instagram, 
witchy underscore weed underscore podcast. And you could even Twitter us, username witchy underscore weed. So uh, right now we're going to be on Spotify, Amazon, and Google Play, but we definitely have more streaming providers coming up soon. And we will start working on some merch soon, so you guys don't want to miss that. So until next time, stay lit, witches. (laughs) 